Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Got one question and one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Hey, that's <laughs> all that really matters. And a happy Target Demo Friday to you. We have released the Kraken. The DA Show's Target Demo Friday meme is out there and available to you. Let us know where you are, how you're listening, and what to coin the new segment that Pat Boyle has begun. Tennis bacon. Oh, oh. That's all this morning in this final hour of the show. TCU head coach Sonny Dykes is going to join us coming up here on the program in 30 minutes. Target Demo Friday after that. Plus your epic fail. We've had a number of listeners do interviews over the air this week looking for that opening that Mraz is vacating. Next week will be Mraz's final week here on the show. And before we get going for this hour, can we play one more time the Dana Mechanicsburg laugh montage? That gets me going well. Feels like a good way to start our Friday final hour. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Eat the body, bloody. It's me, Macho Dan, Randy Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sonny Dykes took to the podium yesterday at Big 12 Media Days and blasted the conference realignment and all of the shakeups going on, all of this bizarre expansion and new rivalries. And we'll ask Sonny about those coming up here in about a half hour from now. But I I do think that when you do things like this, it tends to scratch an itch of your fans, but it tends to sound very hypocritical. You know, Mike Gundy did this the other day. Bedlam is over because Oklahoma left. Blah, blah, blah. Dykes said, quote, it's all about lining your pockets with money. The decisions are really easy, I guess. Missouri was playing in a lot of Big 12 championships. Haven't seen that much of the SEC. A&M was a competitive program, not as often now. I don't know about you, but UCLA and Rutgers feels like a natural rivalry to me. Obviously, sarcasm dripping. <laughs> don't know what's going to happen with Oklahoma and Texas, but I think time will tell. You could say, well, we were 4-8, and eight, but we let, made a lot of money. At the end of the day, if that's what it's about, well, then congratulations. Now, Sonny Dykes sits on a throne right now of having gone to a national championship game at TCU. So he speaks from a position of power. He was a big winner last year. 
Who else can say they played for national championship besides Georgia? They went undefeated in the regular season, lost to the Big 12 championship game, won an epic college football playoff matchup. So he's feeling good and doing well these days. Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. And there's no doubt, I'm, I'm sure many of us feel like, did Missouri get better by going to the SEC? Do schools that jump to conferences, is Maryland doing better in the Big Ten? Is West Virginia a good fit in the Big 12? That oftentimes this is, well, it's always about simply doing the best financial decision for your institution, for your program. And then whatever the results are, so be it. The wins, the rivalries, the history means very little as long as you're getting a, a bigger paycheck. So many of us, and I've talked about this often, are frustrated by that line of thinking. I mean, I'm a Syracuse fan and a Syracuse grad. We don't belong in the ACC. It's never felt natural. It never will feel natural. We've been there for more than a decade. But... Does it ever feel natural when Syracuse takes on Georgia Tech or Clemson in a conference game? No. And none of my friends, peers, colleagues that went to school at the same time as I did feel that way. And when those schools come to the Carrier Dome, it never feels like, wow, you know, this is a great matchup. It might look so on paper when Duke comes in the Carrier Dome and, and plays SU looks good on paper, but that's not really your rival. You don't feel anything about those games. And I think it stinks. So I understand where Sonny's coming from. But talk about hypocrisy. Would Sonny Dykes say no to an SEC job tomorrow? <laughs> you know? Is Sonny Dykes getting paid what he is because TCU left a group of five conference to join the Big 12? There's a reason Dykes is making the money he's making. It's because TCU makes power five cash. And my guess is when he goes to the negotiating table, he starts leveraging what other conferences or other schools could pay him or would pay him. Well, how do those schools make that money? Those television revenues. So, yeah, you can look at Texas and Oklahoma and say, oh, good luck with all that. And there's no doubt. I just did a segment about good luck in 2024 if OU is going to have the defense they had last year in the SEC. And Texas is barely winning anything in the Big 12. Let's see what they do in the SEC. I totally agree with that. But it's not affecting my paycheck where those schools go. It's affecting Sonny Dykes and his AD and those schools are looking for deeper pockets and all the people that seem to get paid by those decisions seem to be quite fine with it. I mean, is anybody turning down the Missouri job because they're only going four and eight? Or is it like, well, if the salary's good and the SEC funding gives us better recruiting and better budgets and better facilities, et cetera, you know, it's a good job. There are weird, bizarre geographical fits. Agreed. But everybody in college football that begrudges the movement would do it themselves. Nobody ever says no. When Maryland would leave the ACC with all of that history, 
And all of those rivalries, I mean, Maryland-Duke, Maryland-North Carolina, Maryland-NC State, Maryland and all of the ACC schools, that mattered. That always mattered. It mattered more than you could ever know. When they said we'd rather play in the Big Ten, it sucked for fans. It sucked. But did anybody in the coaching administrations, anybody in the sports department say, no, we're not going to do this? No, because they were all going to get paid more. And Dykes is one of those guys. There's no way he's turning down more money because I'd rather make it about tradition. And that's what it, when, when Gundy belly aches about Oklahoma leaving, if OSU was invited instead of Oklahoma, was Gundy going to say no? So fans, I think we're totally allowed to bellyache. I think we're totally allowed to complain about this because we don't see the benefit. We, it's not our resources. We don't fly on charter jets. We don't work out of the facility. Nobody's recruiting us. Nobody's paying us to be fans. I think it's completely fine. When people getting paid and benefiting from the financial decisions are complaining, I'm like, shut up. Come on. 855-212-4227 or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Coming up here on the show, we've got Target Demo Friday straight ahead and Bogues has your headlines. And as I mentioned before, Next week is Mraz's final week, so we're squeezing in some classic bits and guests and ghosts from yesteryear next week here on the show. I'll give you a little tease about those coming up here next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The Asiago Ranch Chicken Club. So that's the spicy chicken patty, a slice of Asiago, the bacon, the lettuce, tomato, the ranch dressing on a Kaiser roll. Then you go into uh, two Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers. And the key there is if you just do a Junior Cheeseburger Deluxe, they go onion, pickle, ketchup. But the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger goes lettuce, tomato, bacon with mayo, which I think is a better delectable uh, item there. And then obviously you go the four-piece nugget because the bar- Wendy's barbecue sauce, I do think rivals McDonald's barbecue sauce and the best of the fast food barbecue sauces. But the barbecue sauce really is the item there. The chicken nugget is the vehicle and of course there's going to be french fry there medium size and then i usually go vanilla frosty of late although i do understand the old school chocolate people like dipping their fries in there not me i'm gonna eat it straight after that's where i would go okay it's da on cbs sports radio all right (laughs) happy target demo friday everybody get in your tdfs 
where you are, how you're listening, and what you would call the Wimbledon bacon, the tennis bacons that Pat Boyle have done over the last two days. And that's coming up later on in the show. You can always listen to the full episodes on podcast via full four hours everywhere that you get your podcasts or the free Odyssey app. Or you can watch them on YouTube. Full episodes available there as well. So next week, five days, we've got Mraz in studio, all five. It'll be the countdown to the end of the Mraz era here on the DA show. Aioli? I have reached out to a couple of intimate sources of both mine and Mraz. And he doesn't know any of this. Hopefully he's not listening. But I'm not going to name names, okay, because I don't want to blow the surprise. But if you've listened to the show, you know that there is a sphere of people around Mraz that have either grown up with him, resided around him, been related to him, or have kind of like been in this bizarre orbit. And I'm trying to pick out some of the more memorable people that we've had on the show from this orbit. He He's oftentimes led a life that feels more like a sitcom than a real life. <laughs> and I am trying to to grab some of those people and plant them in the show next week. So every day next week, I hope to have at least one secret guest that has some type of connection to Mraz or Mraz's past. Now, there is still work to be done. I've got some emails, calls, texts out trying to piece this whole thing together. But I think what I hope is we begin solid but end with a giant crescendo. And the week, he won't know. I'm not going to. Now, I don't even think I can tell Pete. I'm just going to set these people up and then welcome them in. And it's going to be kind of like Royal Rumble. You don't know who's <laughs> coming out of the gate next. Every two minutes. Right? Oh, my God. It's so-and-so's music. That's what I'm hoping next week here on the show. Just, just make sure they're on the security list. Crossing my fingers and put them on the security list. For those that can't fly in, <laughs> I might have them on Zoom. I might have to tell Cap, maybe no, maybe not even Cap. Maybe it's just going to be mystery theater. We'll just see. But I, I'm feeling very confident about a couple of these that people are going to be like, whoa, all right. Haven't heard from so-and-so. I don't even know that bit because it was X number of years ago. Wow. I mean, I've got ideas, too, here. I've got one in particular that I really hope you're able to lock down. You're bringing in Grimace. No, not Grimace. Okay. After that Wendy spiel, though, Pete did suggest Dave Thomas. And if he was still alive, I would have made the call. Mm. He'd be be (laughs) (laughs) co-hosting. AB has headlines. Uh, DA, nobody loves baseball releasing next season schedule during the current season more than you. That's right. MLB did it again yesterday and actually seven weeks earlier than last year. So they're doubling down on this. Uh, Everybody (laughs) plays on March 28th of next year. That's your traditional opening day. The Dodgers and Padres do begin the season in Seoul. 
the week before that. Uh, as this season returns from the All-Star break today, the Cardinals remain one of the more disappointing teams in the game. Last in the Central at 38-52, and 52, only the Nats and Rockies have fewer wins in the NL but manager Ali Marmol is safe, according to GM John Mozalak. Yeah, I don't think the coaches have any fault in this. Um, you know, they're handed the players. It's, it's, you know, unfortunately it didn't work. Um, but I think Ali and his, his group do a really good job. They work really hard. And, um, you know, they continue to do that. But it, I think, you know, their level of frustration is probably as real as a fan base. Uh, Cardinals ownership did not speak as well to Fox affiliate KTVI to exonerate Mosellac for his bad job. Uh, he did point out in this interview. That might be the issue. Yeah, that he did <laughs> trade away Randy Rosarena and Adelise Garcia, who were all-stars this year. So his bad on that. Uh, the Redbirds hosting Washington this weekend because their football hazing scandal wasn't bad enough. Northwestern had to fire baseball coach Jim Foster yesterday. An investigation before this season discovered bullying players and an inappropriate remark about a female staff member. But Foster was uh, didn't wasn't punished until yesterday after the season ended. Staff members left and 16 players reportedly entered the portal. That football team will be run this season by D coordinator David Braun. He only came aboard in January, so he's kind of free and clear uh, of the hazing issues. So he will fill in for the season for the fired Pat Fitzgerald. We are playing tennis right now at Wimbledon. They went to a break. So let me get up a live score here. I don't want to steal any of Boyle's thunder, mm. uh, but Novak Djokovic so far has absolved Yannick Sinner. It's 6-3 first set. To Djokovic oh. in that one, the second semifinal. That's Medvedev and Alcarez that will follow from the NFL. The Jets extending Quinn and Williams, their stud D tackle. It's reportedly four years and 66 million guaranteed dollars. That is the highest guarantee in team history. And at 24 mil per season, Williams is the second highest paid D tackle behind the one and only Aaron Donald. And the Chicago Bulls reportedly given a $10.2 million disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball. He's got those knee issues. He is not going to play this season. The Bulls can now spend that money by signing a free agent or acquiring a player who is in the final year of his current deal. DA, back to you. Thank you, Bogues. Ryan is in Des Moines this morning. Ryan, good morning. DA, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. A, a couple things. I was going to talk about your obvious disdain for Belichick, but real quick on expansion, living in the Midwest, Iowa fan slash Big Ten, Penn State didn't seem like it'd be a great fit. thought it was a crazy idea 30 years ago, and now they seem like they fit right in real good. But they were independent. Uh, they were independent. They weren't tethered to a bunch of rivalries they had to break. I, being independent, I get that. But same thing with Nebraska. If they could actually play decent football again, I think they would be. I, I disagree. Think I, I think I think Nebraska was always a better cultural fit in the Big 12. They got more money to go to the Big 10. I don't think they're a better Big 10 fit, though. I think just the, the rivals with Iowa, Wisconsin, it could build into that. If they start but it would games. have to build into that. They had an amazing rivalry with Colorado, an amazing rivalry with Texas, an amazing rivalry with Missouri. I mean, those that's what built that Nebraska program after all of those years of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So now you have to recreate those. And, and I think a lot of that was going away when they brought in Texas and all that. I think a lot of them old rivalries were already getting tipped away. Uh my one point, too, is also anytime you bring up Belichick, I think you have the jaded point of view, and I don't blame you guys being from the Northeast, but 
any coach without their greatest player isn't going to be what they can be. And, and if you can look no farther, Andy Reid, look at what Popovich has been without his greatest player. Well, what and would your argument great- be without Andy Reid? Andy Reid went to five NFC Championship games, a Super Bowl, and four straight without Patrick Mahomes. Yes, and he was a great coach, but now that he's winning them with Mahomes, he's probably one of the greatest, and that just elevated him more. And even when you bring up the 11-5 and five season, uh, bring up the 11-5 season, you got to say, well, they didn't beat anybody. But how many coaches get a chance in the NFL and would never even win 11 games? I'm guessing that number would be more than half that ever even try it. Okay, maybe, but I don't think that what my point was was that he's a terrible coach. I think my point is that what Bill Belichick has done minus Tom Brady has not been all that impressive, and if you're waiting for the Patriots to get back to Super Bowls, I think it's not going to happen. And now we have three full years evidence of it, and this year's going to be a fourth. Unless you think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl this year, that'll be four years post-Brady where they will be a fringe playoff team at best. So we're starting to get into a significant group of time to where it's not just a blip on the radar. I think that's my point. When we come back here on the show, Sonny Dykes is going to join us, and I'll ask him about those comments about expansion and realignment. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Home of the signature lukewarm churro. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 30 minutes past the hour, Target Demo Friday, getting your Target Demos by sending us where you are, how you're listening, and what to call the Boyle Tennis segment. We'll read those coming up here in about 15 minutes from now. You can always listen to the show as well across hundreds of affiliates nationwide and north of the border on CBS Sports Radio. We thank each and every one of those affiliates for carrying the DA show and CBS Sports Radio, as well as Sirius XM Channel 158. The TCU Horned Frogs had a magical run last year all the way to the national championship game. And now they enter with maybe targets on their back in the Big 12. Joining us this morning here on the show is head coach of TCU, Sonny Dykes. Coach Dykes, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Tell me about a different world that maybe you reside in with recruits or funding or what have you when it comes to coming off such an amazing season last year and route to a national championship game appearance. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic year. I mean, we didn't get finished playing until uh, pretty late in January, and then with today's college football calendar, man, it never slows down much. It's you go straight into transfer recruiting and recruiting, and then all of a sudden it's spring football, and then uh, you know back on the road recruiting again and camps and official visits. And man, it just never stops. So it's been a it's been a hectic year. Uh, it was a great year. Obviously, we you know there's a lot of exciting things happening right now at TCU. We, we're we just uh, fundraised for a, a brand new um, a building for our student athletes. It's going to be uh, really cutting edge technology stuff to help in recovery and in injury prevention and some really pretty cool stuff. And so, you know, we're excited about what's going on. We, you know, the recruiting has certainly uh, improved and gotten better. We felt like we had a really good transfer class of players that came in in January. Um, also had some good high school players that graduated early and enrolled in January as well. And got our uh, the rest of our guys here over the summer and, you know, right now watching summer workouts and just kind of getting ready to, to get started. But it's an exciting time. It's fun to have college football back. Fun to see the Big 12 having rebounded so well. 
know, we had you booked on this spot before your comments yesterday, so I don't want it to feel like I'm trying to jump you here, but you were critical of realignment and schools that might jump to new conferences and not have the same success, say in Missouri that went to the SEC and others. So I did want to ask you a question. If TCU said, we've got a bid to go to the SEC, we want to go, would you say, no, don't do it? Well, you know, I mean, I think it all depends on, you know, what you're looking for. And, and look, man, I'm not, I'm not really critical of anybody. Um, I think every school has to sit back and they have to say, um, you know, what, what ultimately are we, you know, is important to us and what are our values and what matters. And, and you know, I think in the college football world right now, sometimes the only thing that any of us consider, and look, coaches are probably the worst of this, uh, of the entire bunch. The only thing that I think sometimes people consider is money, you know, and how does it affect money and, and all that. Well, sometimes when you just look at the bottom line, student athletes all of a sudden are the ones that are suffering because, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to to take a, a plane ride from Los Angeles to New York um, or to New Jersey to go play a volleyball game, you know. And, and so, you know, all these things get lost in the shuffle a little bit and it becomes just about money. Um, I like where we are in our league. You know, I think we fit geographically. I think it's good for our fans. I think it's good for our players. We get to play against, you know, against people that our players get to play against people that they played against in high school. There's natural rivalries. There's all the things to me that make college football great and make it unique. And sometimes those things get kicked to the curb a little bit, uh, you know, for the almighty dollar. And so, you know, like I said, I'm not critical of anybody. Everybody has to do what they have to do. You know, the one thing that, that um, you know, you go back and you look at the history of it, you know, Missouri had a lot of success in the Big 12. Well, when they went to the to the SEC, they also, you know, played a couple of, in a couple of Big 12 or uh, SEC championship games as well. So, you know, there's there are reasons for doing things. Um, you know, I think sometimes, again, I wish that institutions would, would look at what the student athletes like and what's important to them and their experience and, and consider those factors uh, along with the financial part of it as well. So I agree with everything you said there, but I have to say I find it very hypocritical of a head coach to talk about this because let's just take TCU. They were in the Mountain West. They go to the to the Big 12, and coaches' salaries skyrocket. I mean, Andy Avalos is making 1.6 at Boise State. they got maybe the deepest resources of the conference, and you're making $5 million bucks a year. So would you really take that much of a pay cut just to say, well, geographically we fit better here? I mean, you're the one that's benefiting as much as anybody financially by going to a bigger conference. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, we all get paid, I think. Um, the one thing I've learned, I mean, you're worth uh, what someone's willing to pay you. I mean, I think that's, the, that's the, the great lesson that we learn as we get a little bit older. I think we all think, hey, I'm entitled to this or I'm entitled to that. Well, you're entitled. Your your value is worth what what somebody's willing to pay for you, and so that's been a lesson that I've had to learn going through the years. You know, look, my first job was at Louisiana Tech, and we were in the in the Mountain West or the excuse me, the WAC at that time. And you know, I made four hundred thousand uh, dollars a year, and you know, which was plenty to, to live on. I mean, you know, well, I wasn't just scraping by. I was I was ecstatic about about making that kind of money. Um, so look, I don't. You know, I didn't get into coaching for the money. I was a high school coach. I was was an English teacher. I coached for two years at Navarro Junior College for four thousand dollars a year. I mean, I would be coaching right now, uh, regardless of my salary. And so, and I think there's a lot of us in our profession that are that way. I mean, you look around the Big Twelve. A lot of these coaches have come up through the ranks. I mean, these guys 
you know, weren't born on third base. I mean, they had to go to these small institutions and work their way up. And I think the big thing that we all want is we all want to play on a big stage. And, you know, the thing is, you can play on a big stage in the uh, in the Big 12. I think it's pretty clear. You know, we played for the national championship last year. Now we got our tails kicked, but we played for the national championship. And so, you know, like I said, everybody's got to decide what's best for them and what they what's important to them and, and what matters. And, and if it's all money-driven, then make money-driven decisions. And if it's not, then consider other things as well. But aren't those decisions playing on a big stage – ultimately money-driven? Like when schools say we're going to go to this conference, their hope is that that extra revenue pushes them to the next level. When a coach goes to a school in a bigger conference, they're looking for more revenue from the school for recruiting, for their facilities, etc. Isn't all intertwined? I mean, using morality and ethics of like you should do it for the love of the game, who's really doing that when it comes to schools making moves, including TCU themselves? Well, I mean, like I said, I think, you know, the good thing about additional revenue is it's obviously additional resources and it's additional resources for your student athletes, whether it's, you know, more staff, whether it's better staff, whether it's uh, technology and things that you can use to, to maximize their performance, but also most importantly, you know, keep them safe and sound. You know, as I said earlier, I mean, the, the question was posed, you know, would TCU make the jump to the SEC if given the opportunity? I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, probably, uh, I'm guessing probably they would, but I think we're, again, I think we can accomplish everything that we want to accomplish in the Big 12. I think we're completely satisfied with where we are in the college football world. I mean, you look at our programs here, you know, we went to the, we're the only team in the history of college athletics that went to the college football playoff in football, the college uh, World, World Series in baseball, and the NCAA tournament in basketball. So, you know, when you look at across our programs, and that's not even talking about our national championships that we won in tennis and, and all the things that we're ranked in the top ten in or top five in, um, I mean, we're pretty in a pretty good spot. I mean, we can accomplish the goals that we need to accomplish. Our players are well taken care of. Uh, we've got great facilities. And so, you know, we're in a really good spot, and we think that we have a chance to year in and year out compete for a conference championship. Um, and so, you know, we feel pretty good about our chances. And when the college football playoff expands to 12 teams, you know, you're not going to see six or seven teams from one conference in the college football playoff. And so I think everybody has to sit back and evaluate where do they fall in the world and what's, what's their slots and, and can they be competitive if they make a move to a super conference and how's that going to affect, um, you know, their chance to, to compete for championships because some teams that have made moves – uh, two other conferences that have had success historically have sometimes had a difficult time in those conferences. And so you just got to decide what's what's important to you and what's best for your program. That's all fair, all fair points, and I appreciate you answering all those questions directly. I do want to ask you about your football team because you guys will open up against Colorado, but you will enter a Big 12 that's reconfigured, four new schools, two on their way out. So a deeper conference than you've had in recent years how do you how do you feel coaching your guys taking on kind of a, a brand new look Big Twelve of this season? Yeah, it's certainly going to be different. I mean, you know, you look at all the I, I coached at the Big Twelve from two thousand to two thousand seven uh, at Texas Tech, and at that time the Big Twelve was much different. You know, Texas A and M was in it, Missouri was in it, Colorado was in it, Nebraska was in it, and so it was a different a different uh, Big Twelve than there is now. 
Um, you know, the, there's been a lot of movement, you know, between conferences and teams bouncing around. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma move out. Two of the biggest brands uh, in the conference, just in terms of of eyes and fan support, and and um, you know. But the good thing is, we're moving some other schools in that have had a lot of success, and I think they may not be traditional powers, but they have everything it takes to become a really good football school. And they've got you know great fan support, great investment. They have a great recruiting base. You I mean you look at Central Florida, you look at, at Houston. Um, you look at Cincinnati, those three schools have a tremendous recruiting base. And then you add BYU, who recruits nationally, and they have their own niche, and they do an outstanding job with that. And so you've got four schools that can recruit at a very high level that are in, in uh, big metropolitan areas that uh, attract a lot of attention. I think Central Florida has the second largest enrollment right now in, in, college, um, in, you know, in college football. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be a lot of interest from those places. Again, they're they're kind of all newcomers to the block in a lot of different ways. But, you know, they've all had a lot of success in, in football and in other sports as well. So I think they're going to be really good additions to the league. I think it's going to uh, make our league even deeper. I think when you look at our league right now, the thing that's unique about the Big 12 is whoever's the worst team in the league can beat whoever's the best team in the league. And I don't know that there's many conferences that you can say that. And, uh, and so I like I like our league. I think it's solid from top to bottom. I think it's uh, we're in a good spot. We've got tremendous leadership uh, from our conference commissioner Brett Yormark. I think is one of the the bright minds in college football. And and so I think we feel really good about where we're positioned. And it's going to be a challenging year. You know, there's a lot of good teams in the league. I know a lot of uh, a lot of teams are going to be much improved. And and our challenge is to build off what we did last year. You know, it was a good year for us. We went 13 and two. Uh, we had some good things happen. We lost, you know, a Big 12 championship game that we felt like we had a great opportunity to win. And then we got blown out in the national championship. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that we can learn from those losses and a lot of things that we can learn from, from our success last year. And you have to figure out how to, how to make those adjustments and try to do it all over again. Sonny Dykes and TCU coming off the national championship game appearance. And as he said, good times at the TCU Athletic Department. A lot of success across a lot of different programs. And the Big 12 is wrapped up, Big 12 Media Days, so a lot of fun talking about the conference over the course of this week. Sonny, I appreciate uh, you answering the line of questioning. I appreciate your time this morning, man. Good luck this season. No, thanks for having me on. appreciate it. It's always good talking to you and look forward to catching up again soon. Right on. Sonny Dykes joining us this morning here on the show. And, hey, I give him credit. You know, I, I can't have somebody on the show that I – just try to go to war with. That's not my style. I don't want to do that. I don't think it's good radio. I don't think it's professional. So I tried to format the questions diplomatically. And while I disagree, I, I think that it's hypocritical to say to other schools, oh, how much success are you having if you went to that conference where you've benefited from moving conferences? TCU was in the Mountain West, is now in the Big 12, et cetera. You know, I give him a lot of credit for answering the questions directly, et cetera, what he said. So I think differing minds can can respect one another. And I appreciate Coach Dykes joining us on the show and, and talking about that. I did not tell TC we were going to talk about that because we had booked him before he made his comments yesterday. So, you know, I thought he did a good job there. It is time for a little Target Demo Friday, boys and girls. It's a Friday fiesta. Here's what our listeners in the Target demo are up to. Chris tweets, good morning, DA. Listing in Knoxville on the CBS Sports app, delivering packages for the Secret Arrow. In We love your show. The tennis bacon, how it has to be simple. 
not strawberry and cream, not fish and chips. It should be creamy fish. Hashtag Pat Boyle rules. Jay tweets, I'm listening at work on Odyssey. If Boyle needs names, here's a few inspired by actual tennis terms. Racket League, Top Spin, Deep Shot, Deuces and Digs, Double Bagel, Knock Up, Love and Lob, Shank and Slice, Stroke, Sweet Spot, Sit and Spin, Hashtag Target Demo Friday. You're gonna miss them. Joe Mama. The words in between. You're gonna miss this. Joe Mama, watch it on Twitch. In Pennsylvania, a good name might be Bacon Love. Take a sip of that. Backwards Brian watching on Twitch from North Carolina. I think the new segment should be called Bangers and Mash. Also, they are Big Ben Dongs, not Tolls. Power forward center Victor Victor Webinyama. Big Lauer is on Twitch in Twin Falls, Idaho. I love them both, Boyle and Mraz. They're both studs. I'm headed to camp at the Sawtooth this weekend. Can't wait till next week. God, I'm going to miss the big guy. Hashtag, you need to radio like this. I gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. Fully Ohio is in Hubbard, Ohio. Admittedly checked out a couple of weeks ago. And Big Ben, what happened to the oinks? Mraz, get them in the new contract as well. Shared oink custody. It must be devastating to all the little two and a half oinks that have to move to a new place. When we come back, more of your trashes. And we'll do something else. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. No, we actually control the oinks. That is proprietary here on the DA Show. We're just testing out some other stuff with Wimbledon Bacon. Foxy says, DA, I'm listening on my Alexa in Manhattan. The tennis segment should be called Boyle's British Ball Boys. The door just totally smashed my fingers. I went to get the DA sign. I'm going to hard veto that one. (laughs) Steven Severna Park, Maryland, listening on Twitch. Getting ready to spend the next 10 days at the beach. Fish and Chips is a great name for the Peaky Pat segment. Hashtag toes in the sand. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, DA? Timbo Slice watching on Twitch and gushing over Pat Boyle's Fish and Chips. I think Pat has planted his seed in the producer position. Canuck three times on the ceiling if you want me. Twice in the net. And the answer is a win. Good riddance. <laughs> just, just to the singing, not to Mraz. Just to the... King Curtis says, good morning, gentlemen. Listening in amazement of Pat's verbal magic on the Odyssey app, I like Boyle's Bounce for the name of this segment. Take a sip of that. Sparks Gang says, what up, fellas? Here in the 330, watching on YouTube. I would call it King's Court, but if I had to choose between them... Give me grass-fed bacon. Hashtag stay humble, Pat Boyle. Just as the King's gas tank felt like it was running on empty, they needed a Philip Dano. <laughs> Todd tweets, and because of Wimbledon's class and culture, the bacon segment should be called crumpets and tea. If it's English soccer, fish and chips is the obvious choice. Yes, Pittsburgh called the Rangers next of Malkin as a late night felt like a deflating funeral at the Garden. Alan tweets, my suggestion, Wimbledon strawberries with a boy. No, I'm not going to read that. Alan of Manitoba listing <laughs> via CBS Harrisburg online. Target demo Friday. It shifts back to Pittsburgh for a big game three on Wednesday night where these Penguins might begin to be more nervous than Penguins at the polar ice caps as they begin to melt in Antarctica. Jeez. Oh, Slightly wordy. 
Uh, there was a cream joke in there from Alan Amanda, so but the way that he framed it, I'm not going to read it because it's a little too lewd, I think. Daniel is listing a 95.7 The Fan in Rochester, New York. It has to be Boyle's Berries if it's Wimbledon themed. Game three is in Dallas Friday night where rumor has it. I'm sorry, Saturday. Game three is in Dallas Saturday. <laughs> Michael tweets that could have been one of the funniest stun segments that I've ever heard of the show. I was driving in my car and laughing so hard I was crying. I had to actually pull over. I was going to wreck. Jordan Eberly, it's happened to me right in front of my face and the words cannot hide it. Oh, oh. Everywhere Evan says, quote, faster than Jack Stern's career on the DA show. If it was possible to have more than five bells, that line did it for me. That was Pat Boyle's swine song. The star of Dallas would not let the Seattle would not let the Seattle get cracking so easily. <laughs> Ostrogize. Boyle didn't need... I didn't need to be sold any more than I already was. Then he drops a Hans Zimmer reference right after Biggie Smalls karaoke. This guy. This guy. Hashtag British Bacon. Let it go. Let it go. 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 Oh. Adam, the former bath guy. Happy Friday. Eh? All listening on 6.50 a.m. in Vancouver. Driving around my big green recycling truck. I'm not creative enough to come up with a witty name for the Boyle segment, but... Happy Target Demo Friday. The floodgates would open and Carolina would be running with the devils for the rest of the night. Uh, James is listening on Twitch while doing surveillance at work. Mark is in Titletown, USA on the Odyssey app. Thank you for carrying me the last two weeks. You guys are one constant in a world of uncertainty. Target Demo Friday. The Stars and Kraken were looking to Seattle their differences in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> last night. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Seattle, their differences. <laughs> and finally, Scott says, I've been loving the future of the show this week. How about a Bob's Bar Roadshow to Wimbledon next year? where Pat Boyle and Bob do Bob things. Rumchata shots and champagne while yelling words of encouragement to the frequent visitors of the, quote, changing room. <laughs> Eat the body, bloody. It's me, Macho Dan, Randy Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Macho Dan, Randy Dan. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. What is the epic fail this morning? The criminal farter. <laughs> there it is. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. That person was hiding, apparently eluding police, until he had the worst timed oopsie. This alleged felon let out a big fart, giving away his hiding Come spot. On. The sheriff's Come Facebook on. page reading, quote, We've got to give props to the Liberty PD for using their senses to sniff him out. Wow. DA, uh, I got to run real one second. I got an oopsie. Where was he <laughs> hiding? Uh, in, like, in bushes or something like that. And he just ripped one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it's all silent and you hear, then, you know, they would be like, oh, over there in the corner. <laughs> what a disgusting human being. Could have oh. been one of these. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> 
one of the tuba the trombone <laughs> fart. That's, that's a nervous fart. That's probably the one it was. Exactly. Where he tries to squeak it out and just... <laughs> yeah, you like that big boy. All right, guys. Back to the precinct. I guess he's not here. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's in the clear. It's like a sigh of relief. And even, yes. The cheeks open up. It was a happy fart. He relaxed. <laughs> All right, guys, we've checked every square foot of this entire compound. It's time to turn around and go back to the precinct. I guess he's not here. Wait a second. Wait a the dog's back, back in the in. the dog's back in the cage. He closes the car door. <laughs> Smell bucks. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Oh, Epic man. Fail. Emil writes on Facebook, Boyle's segment should be called When the DA Show Jumped the Shark. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. I got to tell you, though, we jumped that shark so long ago. <laughs> yes. Like, that's probably three and a half years ago we jumped the shark. Jerry writes it on Facebook, watching on Twitch in Athens. My girlfriend, Anne, is taking me to Atlanta to see the Braves for my birthday today. Farewell. Best wishes to Mraz. Call Boyle segment Beans for Breakfast in Britain. And Sean is listening to the podcast in Bend, Oregon. I like British bacon. Can I get a beam up? All right, everybody. That does it for us this morning here on the show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, executive producer all week long. Did a great job. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti on the Wheels of Steel, an audio director. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. Thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. And thanks to intern Emma for helping out today as well. I'm DA. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you on Monday. The Mothership Disconnects. Oh, oh. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.